Welcome to the Embark Minipod, brought to you by Embark Group, as we take a snapshot look at some of the finer topics from across the industry. And today we're going to be talking about paraplanners. A recent survey over 300 paraplanners has yielded some really interesting results, all of which can be found on Embark's website. We're going to drill into a couple of those, and joining me to talk about it is Neil Smith, Key Account Manager at the Embark Group, regular guest, of course, on this podcast. Neil, welcome back. Um, it's a fascinating area to talk about, really. In a sense, it's a it's a newish kind of job. It's one that uh, has developed over the years in many different ways. And this survey looked at about four major topics. We're going to drill down onto two of them. So let me kick off by asking you, first of all, about the rise of the paraplanners. Paraplanners as a, a sort of parallel, really, I suppose, with advisors and how they interact, but very much uh, now a desired career in and of itself. Just Just talk us through that. Yeah, indeed. Well, firstly, thank thank you for accommodating me again, Roger. Nice to see you, um, and thank you for your kind introduction. Yeah, I mean, this this one really really excites me um, when we talk about the rise of the power planners and it being a career form in its own right. So, so we we got a survey commissioned um, by the chaps and ladies at Research in Finance, um, and they they looked at their their own panel of respondents and also we we got uh, input from um, people that subscribe to professional power planner okay so we've got a great spread of views there but what was really interesting was um 85 of respondents see power planning as a career in its own right and why would they do that well if you drill a bit deeper as to borrow your phrase there 80 88 percent of those power planning powers feel that their advice firms really value what they do now more so than perhaps in the past and that links into when you were talking about how how the role has developed i guess and 96 percent of those feel really supported by their firms um, and of course if you look at the market and the complexities in, in financial services these days the, there is a continuing demand for power planning which certainly seems not to be abating at the moment yeah, I mean, but in a sense, I suppose it's a question of what is required by the industry and the way they work alongside advisors. How has the role developed, do you think? How different is it than than when it started? Um, well, I think I'm, I'm probably showing my age a bit here, but if you look over the last couple of decades, how it seems to, to have evolved. Paraplan meant lots of different things to lots of different people. You know, quite often it was it's an admin function or it's a report writing function. But I, I see it so much more than that. Um, after all, you know, people are a business's greatest asset. And if I'm an out, I'm an outsider. I've always worked for providers and life codes, etc. But um, I think those those businesses value power planners as well. I mean, they've been massively helpful to me in my career. They've offered me the opportunity to build relationships at the firms they work in. They let me bounce ideas off them, or even use them as a technical sounding board. And quite often, power planners are the most technical, technically knowledgeable and qualified people in their firms. But I'm thinking, yeah, it, it's the, the it's a true career path now. And um, if you see how power planners sort of reflect upon that and what they actually do for their firms, you're seeing a lot more engagement with the end client as well. And I think that's where it's really evolved and is, is likely to keep evolving. Yes. Yeah, so how does that then dovetail with the role of the advisor? Because it was seen as being alongside the advisor, the advisor being the one who, who has FaceTime with the client, the, the power planner, if you like, being in the back office almost. But but that you say has changed. Yeah, well, it's, 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 if, if you read about what the power planners really want, they say, I'd like to have more engagement with the client. Now, that engagement could mean all sorts of things, but I think actually if you if you read into what what clients value or consumers value they really value the role of an advice firm 
and the more contact points you've got between the client and your firm, I, I think the better. And you're seeing because because power planners are so knowledgeable, they can add a lot of focus to the party. And this this perhaps might be a bit of a more contentious thing, but the average age of a power planner is uh, a hell of a lot younger than the average age of an advisor. Now, if you're doing something like um, intergenerational planning, you tend to find that that people gravitate to people of around about their own age. So you can actually see you can get multiple touch points if you're dealing with a family and their business. You've got someone that can, can engage with the younger generations as well. So, so I think that's a real positive there. Now, it's very interesting what you say about the age profile, because I suppose that's perhaps a function of the fact that people saw it as a as a gateway uh, into the business in a way, so something that was a stepping stone towards being an advisor. But you're saying, in a way, perhaps there are there are different skill sets. There, are, they are different sorts of people potentially, and and that power planners have a kind of equal status now with advisors. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you were to, to encapsulate that, there's one um, one particular comment. I think it was like nine out of 10 power planners feel confident in challenging advisors over their recommendations. Wow, no, that's I, interesting. I think, I'm not sure the advisors would necessarily always want that, but I, it is interesting. Yeah, well, so. well, well, indeed, but I think that's as, as, the, as, the, as the role has evolved into adding real value, I think that's, that's what really really brings it in, into in, into its own. Yeah, so um, if you can imagine, it's, it's, you tend to find, and this is my personal observation, I appreciate your mileage and other people's mileage may vary, but I think um, power planners are able to take a step back and be uh, a little bit more dispassionate. And I mean that in the right way, because if you think of a fund manager, you think of a life co, you think of a platform, you've got a, an unconscious bias either for or against them. So it's, it's quite hard to step away. And, and if you if you read about, you know, what the regulator thinks in the past, they've accused firms of, of retrofitting their due diligence just to go with the, the providers they've always used or the ones that are their favourites. But I think power planners can, can, can challenge that. And the, the regulator has said in the past that if, um, you know, a culture of challenge is good for the client and it brings out good customer outcomes. So I, I think there's as, as the industry's involved and, and you, know, you, you may disagree with this statement, but I think what we do now is more complex since the rise of pension freedoms. Um, there's more complexity in, in what we do. And I think that's where the power planners can also add value because they're on top of that complexity. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about a challenge. And maybe that in part is why, I mean, that, that figure you quoted, nearly 90 percent of firms valuing them more now than ever. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's an add on. It's added value, I suppose you could say. Yeah, indeed. And it's um, if you if you again, I'm going back in time, so forgive me another trip down memory lane. But if you, if you remember some of the surveys that came out, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, and it was about what do consumers value with their advisor? They value face to face term time. They value goal setting, planning, talking about tax mitigation strategies. They don't value necessarily all the effort that the advisor does behind the scenes, like the filling in the forms, the research and so on. They want to spend time with their advisors having conversations about what matters. OK, well, we've talked a bit about the way that para planners perhaps feel about themselves and, and, and the relationship they have with clients, the relationship with the firms they work for. But what about the issue of tech? Now, you mentioned a sort of potential age differential between uh, advisors and para planners. Perhaps para planners maybe are more open to technological advances and the way technology can help them deliver better advice. Now, in the survey, 75 percent of para planners felt technology did help them deliver better advice. But there's 25 percent implicitly who don't. What's that about? 
Oh well, that's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good question, and, and it's I guess it's it's more of a, a subjective one than an objective one. But going back to the supporters, and well, I'll get onto the, the the naysayers if if you like in in a second or two. But generally, power planners are, are strong supporters of tech. They're not worried about their roles being replaced by robo advice or automa automation, um, but they want more influence over their firm's tech decisions. So I'm wondering those that aren't fans of tech might actually see that what's available at their fingertips might not be quite what they need to, to fulfill their role to its full capability. So tech needs to advance in effect for that for that to be to fill that gap. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I personally agree it myself. Um, you this, quite often the power planners and, and their admin support are, are the principal users of tech systems in a business. So they get stuck into the platform tools, software applications, and they can experience the you know the the real benefits of the technology and, and dare I say it sometimes the drawbacks uh, drawbacks because um, you know not every bit of technology is going to be perfect for all situations. Um, but yeah, what would you know anecdotally we're finding the power planners have, have made a distinction between what's really cool up-to-date modern tech i've just made myself sound really old by saying the word cool there haven't i <laughs> join the we'll edit, join we'll edit that one out but but older and what they'd call clunkier tech that that can involve multiple processes so sort of uh, the silver bullet if you like is is all the software talks to itself so you you put a client onto your back office system that can be uploaded onto your platform of choice and then you can download information back to your back office from, from the platform. And then that links into all various tools. You know, you, you could, if you've got a client on a platform, can I drag that client's details into a capital gains tax um, planning tool? Or can I put it into a, a CGT planner? You see, that that's how I think when they're looking at the drawbacks of, of systems and functionality, it's that they don't necessarily all talk to each other. Yeah, it's the intelligent uh, conversation, if you like, I suppose, between bits of tech and therefore the power planners who use it as well. Yeah, I mean, let's hope it's not a Skynet kind of situation. Um, if you're a fan <laughs> of films with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know what I'm talking about there. But some um, the Terminator yeah. plan, a power yeah. planner might be another. Yeah, thing yeah. resistance is futile and all that. But um, what what we're looking at, I think, is is um, if if you're thinking, you know, I alluded to earlier about the 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 you know pension freedoms that brought us fantastic opportunity but dare i say at risk so the tech that the power planners really like and that gets to, to the point is cash flow modeling i mean that that turns out to be a firm favorite because uh, uh, you know and it was described in very strong terms as transformational in, in helping clients to visually understand the impact of withdrawals i could send you a pile of paperwork and say get through that and work out where you want to go or i can send you some graphs and some some, some sort of pictorial views of how retirement could play out and i think that's so much more than just having to crunch numbers and and, and look through um look through stacks of paperwork yeah neil i wanted to pick up on something you did allude to earlier which is in terms of robo advice and the fact that a lot of the power planners don't seem to be that worried I and mean, we've talked about robo advice before on this podcast and potential risks i suppose but also opportunities now it was interesting only 15 percent in the survey uh, feared that robo advice might disrupt their mm. role but I suppose everyone in the industry has an eye on this because inevitably firms wanting to save money, or what can we cut, what can we rationalise, maybe they can think that there is a, a role for robo-advice in this and that paraplanners, after all, I suppose, the people closest to that are therefore potentially most at risk. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, I don't think our paraplanners would necessarily agree with that statement, Roger. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they do see certain technologies can disrupt specific activities. 
So, you know, a lot of report writing, for example, could be automated, but it would still need a, a quality check at the end of it. And the power players have tend to move on from from that kind of, of, of report writing as a focus. So it's more about interpreting and that analyzing research. And you can't really do that with an automated system. But if you look outside of, of our industry bubble, if you like, it's thought that the, the advent of, of technology is perhaps going to um, bring more jobs to the forefront than those that, that will lose. So because you're always going there'll be new jobs created. And I think that's where it goes back to, you know, you still need the human element to 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 double check. And, and let's face it, people like dealing with people. That's or, or, always again, that's always that's, true, that's, of course. Yeah, that, that that's uh, I suppose the, the human element is something we have to keep in mind. And power planners, as you say, sometimes now having FaceTime with clients, that's very important. But just picking up on what you were talking about, cash flow modeling, because it just occurs to me that is something where one would assume that the, the, the robo-advice might be more effective or might be an easy add-on. I, I suppose that might be an area where power planners perhaps might fear being pushed out. Um, I, I would suggest not, because you, you, the, the, the data that comes out of a cash flow model is only good at, as good as the, the data you put in. And I think this is where advisors and power planners work really well together, because the advisors are good at teasing out the information. They're, they're good at having conversations about what if this happens, what if that happens, what are your goals, what are your aspirations, what could possibly go wrong? Whereas, you know, a, a cash flow modelling tool, if it, you know, it, it could be as complex or as simple as you like. And I think it's the advisors can tease out the information, the power plans can then interpret it and factor in you know, the black swan events and so on. So you, you get much more from your technology. I mean, I, I'm a Luddite. I, I, I put my hand up. I've got a phone with apps on it. I use about three. I, I find out if the train's running today. I find out what the weather is. And there's all these other apps I don't use. But I think, you know, if, if I knew what I was doing, I could get so much more out of the tech. And I think this is where PowerPrinners really bring value to, to, to what we do, because they can interrogate that tech and get the most out of it. Yeah. And of course, coming back to what you were saying about the age profile there, the the the, the uh... The digital natives in all this, the people who really know what they're doing in a lot of this. So just briefly, as we come towards the end of this, do you see the rise of power planners going on? Are, are they going to become more important in the industry? I think so. And, well, I, an advisor firm may have a different viewpoint, but if I'm talking from the, from the side of, of the platforms and providers, um, you know, power planners are, are significant and frequent users of platforms. So we've got to up our game and be relentless in finding out what matters most to them. So if we engage regularly with them and, and seek their feedback, we can actually improve the, the user experience and, and the journeys that the power planners, the advisors, and dare I say, the most important people in the chain, their clients are going to experience. I've got an inbox full of suggestions of how to improve technology from power planners and, and long may that continue. Neil, thanks very much indeed. That is it from this Embark mini-pod. My thanks to Neil Smith, key account manager at the Embark Group, joining me here on this mini-pod. Fascinating discussion. I'll be back with more mini pods. I'm Roger Hearing. For now, thanks for listening and goodbye.